you're listening to the St. Mark's Podcast for January 9th, 2022, the first Sunday after the Epiphany. Today's sermon was given by the Reverend Elizabeth Garnsey. It's based on Luke chapter 3, verses 15 through 17 and 21 through 22. Today is the Feast of the Baptism of Our Lord, which always lands on the first Sunday after the Feast of the Epiphany. Epiphany, sometimes called the Feast of Three Kings, was this past Thursday, January 6th, as you might know. So now we're in the season of Epiphany, which goes all the way until Ash Wednesday, March 2nd this year, the beginning of Lent. And the Epiphany stories shine light on who Jesus is. It began on the feast day itself with a theme of light, especially starlight and dreams and new pathways home, most particularly highlighted in the story of the wise men or three kings and the way they travel home by another road after they've seen Jesus. The first story after the epiphany is this one, Jesus' baptism. This tells me that even Jesus needed some light to shine for him to recognize his true calling and purpose. Luke's account of Jesus' baptism somehow always appears in my mind's eye as a Cecil B. DeMille production in which Jesus rises up out of the water and I imagine him bathed in sunlight from heaven. The details are cinema ready with the Holy Spirit descending in bodily form like a dove on Jesus and a voice from heaven pronouncing, you are my son, the beloved, In you, I am well pleased. I like to think that this message for Jesus at his baptism is the same message given to us and affirmed at our baptisms. The message being that we too are beloved children of God and well-pleasing to him. A message intended to set us on a spiritual path for the rest of our lives during which we will learn to live in the light of this profound and secure relationship of love. The language in our baptismal covenant asks us to turn to Jesus Christ, follow him as our savior. It asks us to promise that whenever we fall off the path, we will get back on and choose to return to the Lord, turning and returning. This is, the tra- this is traveling language. And if our spiritual life is anything, it is a road to be traveled, full of unknown twists and turns, adventures, and sometimes misadventures. But no step is wasted. The path we walk is a path of instruction. And on this path, we do not walk alone. We have a guide. We we are following Jesus, the rabbi, Jesus, the wisdom teacher. And even when we go the wrong way from time to time, no step is wasted. We learn every step of our way, and we are always invited to make course corrections and return to the light. As the old Motel 6 ad used to say, we'll leave the light on for you. The light of God never goes out for us. The promise in our baptism is that we are sealed by the Holy Spirit in baptism and marked as Christ's own forever. And there's no place that we can go that is beyond the reach of God's love for us. The light shines on our path, and our job is to look for the light. This is the path to wisdom. Some might call it the path of enlightenment. This is an inner path that we walk no matter what is happening on the so-called outer path. 
the path of our life's circumstances or jobs or shifting social or economic or cultural or political landscapes. Along our inner path, the light of God is always burning for us to light our way home. And to walk in the light of God is to seek out the life-giving places, the places where help comes from, and the places that need our help, the places calling for us to be life-giving, both to others and to ourselves, rather than stopping short at the dead ends of regret or resentments or frustrations, where we might remain stuck in fear or anger. In the words of our Christmas gospel a couple of weeks ago, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. We travel our road not always knowing exactly where it will take us. Our lifelong spiritual discipline is simply to stay on the path, one step at a time, one day at a time, trusting the light of God to lead us on. From the very beginning of the Bible, there is a lot of traveling going on, and most of it is pretty bold and risky and brave. In Genesis, after they break the only rule God gives them, Adam and Eve must venture out of the Garden of Eden and travel to somewhere new and unknown. Noah is asked to build an ark to escape an impending storm for which there is yet no evidence. But he obeys God and does it, even while he has no idea when the rain will start nor where his ship will take him. Later, Abraham is already 76 years old, tending livestock for his father-in-law and minding his own business when God tells him to leave the religion and home of his ancestors and take to the open road. God would tell him to where to go along the way. His faith and willingness to walk a risky road to an unknown destination eventually makes Abraham the father of many nations and the forefather of three of the world's major religions, Judaism, Islam, and Christianity. And there are dozens of other traveling stories. Moses leads the Israelites out of Egypt, not only through the Red Sea, but also through a vast wilderness. Mary and Joseph travel by donkey from Nazareth to Bethlehem at great risk and with nowhere to stay. And now in this season of the Epiphany, we remember the incredible story of the wise men traveling from the east. They come from a long distance through an expansive desert land following a star. And they follow it with no idea where or how far it will take them, nor how long they will be on the road. And like all those biblical travelers before them, they set out for the unknown because they're committed to discovery and the, church, the search for truth. They're confident that if they follow the signs given to them along the way, their road will take them where they need to go. Before I became a priest, I worked as a journalist for a travel and leisure magazine. And one of my assignments was to drive around Greece on the Pel Peloponnese Peninsula and write about my trip. And the tight budget meant that the magazine had to send me alone. And I thought, I can read a map, I'll be okay. This was still a few years before we had smartphones and GPS. I had one of those bulky spiral-bound atlases to guide me, but it didn't always reflect the reality of the road in front of me. Two days into my trip, I was driving somewhere between Tripoli and Sparta, and at a certain point, my wide paved road became a dirt road. 
And soon, I wasn't sure I was on a road at all. The ground before me was undifferentiated dirt in all directions. And faint evidence of other tire tracks was all I had to go on. But I followed them because it's all there was. No road signs for miles, no buildings, no villages. And as, it as I continued over hills, following the tracks around turns and through barren landscape with none but a few goat and sheep herds and their shepherds, I seriously doubted I was going in the right direction. But I had to keep driving, following only the faint clues in front of me. Eventually, and unbelievably, I came upon a gas station, and the attendant helped guide me in broken English, assuring me my next stop was just ahead. I couldn't believe it. That experience of traveling blind off the beaten path in a foreign land, at the mercy of instinct and a little good luck and a few faint tire tracks, was something I will never forget. And it's what comes to mind for me when I think of the wise men following a star through the Arabian desert. They might have argued about how to interpret the stars, which way it was really leading on a given day. Maybe they would have been on the road for weeks, if not months. Their road was long and treacherous and risky, but they kept following, and ultimately their road led them to the fulfillment they were looking for. They trusted in the light. We are always on a road to somewhere. Enormous adventures and changes befall us during all the years of our lives, and each one has the power to prepare us for all the unknowns still ahead, if we will heed the wisdom that we can learn. Just think of all that we've lived through in the past two years and all the changes and unknowns that we've had to accept and to reorient our expectations around. Repeatedly, we've had to dig ever deeper into patience and forbearance and trust that there is a light at the end of this tunnel. Hopefully, we are all better people for these hardships. Perhaps we're more flexible or more intentional about how we spend our time or more grateful for our family and friends, or even more grateful for our times of solitude at home. The goal for all of us is to more habitually attune our attention to the inner life of God and let that guide us and lead us the way those ancient astronomers followed their star. We can't always know where we are going, but each step of the way we must risk trusting the light that we're given that we're on the right path, and when we're not, finding our way home. Our inner light is like a language we learn to understand over time. The more we spend time listening to it and speaking it in prayer and silence and in service to others. God always uses everything to draw us closer to God, to bring us deeper into wisdom and peace on the path of our lives. I'll close with these lines from a poem by the artist and Methodist minister, Jan Richardson. Speak this blessing as you set out, and watch how your rhythm slows, the cadence of the road drawing you into the pace that is your own. Eat when hungry, rest when tired, listen to your dreaming, Welcome detours as doors deeper in. Pray for protection. Ask for guidance. 
Offer gladness for the gifts that come, and then let them go. Do not expect to return by the same road. Home is always by another way, and you will know it not by the light that waits for you, but by the star that blazes inside you, telling you where you are is holy, and you are welcome here. can find more sermons on our website, www.stmarksnewcanon.org.